Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the Donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Thank you for listening to Spirit-Filled Podcasts. Please visit Spirit-Filled Radio for more great programs. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome back to another episode of Thy Kingdom Come. This is Katie Hughes, your host, and we are on Spirit-Filled Radio. And today I'm really excited to talk about something that can sometimes be controversial in the church, but I don't see it as that, and I hope you will uh, join me in that thought as I go through the areas of focus, the traditional and the charismatic. And a lot of people might think that they oppose each other based on the fact of outward appearance. I personally, I love the traditions of the church. It's uh, the foundation of where we have come to today. And I'm also very appreciative of the the Holy Spirit and, and the charisms that it brings. And a lot of times it's called uh, the charismatic renewal within the church, um, which happened a long time ago in 1968 at Duquesne University, where there was a outpouring, this renewal of the Holy Spirit onto the church. And through that, a lot of graces came and people started experiencing uh, and manifesting outward expressions of the Holy Spirit being moving people and expressing through their body, through laughter, through crying, through tears and joy, uh, prophesying, healings, um, supernatural wonders, and that type of thing. In our early church, when we look to the Latin Mass, the Latin Mass included a time where the people were allowed a time of jubilation, and that was before the gospel was read. Now, imagine this. When I think of jubilation, I'm thinking people are joyful, very ecstatically happy. 
Well, jubilation was another word for the expression of the charismatic gift, especially the gift of tongues. People would be praising God, and they would also, that would come through praying in tongues. Now imagine going to a Latin Mass, and I would love to see this one day. <laughs> the Latin Mass, in the beauty, the incense, the, um, the beautiful tapestry, the beautiful outward appearances of the images, the, you would have the relics on the altar. I also love the great reverence of the Latin Mass, the reverence of the altar, the Eucharist, the focus is on the altar uh, and not the priest. It's focused on praying with the priest, lifting up our praises to the Lord as sweet incense through all the beautiful words in Latin. I love it. Now imagine just before the gospel, the people are allowed a time of celebration before the gospel, the good news, is proclaimed. Imagine people laughing, people crying, people worshiping God through an outward experience of praying in tongues, probably dancing. I mean, who knows what exactly what it was like. But people were ecstatic. Why? Because they were celebrating the proclamation of the gospel. And if we look at it like that as a part of the celebration of the Mass and our heritage within the church, then we can see that the outward expression of the charisms of the Holy Spirit are beautiful, just as beautiful as that tapestry, just as beautiful as the incense and the reverence and the beauty of the mass. And I'm I'm not necessarily saying we should have at every mass this period 30 minutes or 45 minutes of jubilation before the gospel. I'm not saying like necessarily we institute that again. Not that I think it would be great, but what I'm saying is part of the tradition of our church are the charisms from the Holy Spirit. It is what built, it is what moved people to proclaim the good news. And so we don't see it as much in the church. And when we people do see it, they are not familiar with it and oftentimes are scandalized because they don't understand what's happening. And so... A lot of misunderstandings in the church happen, especially with people who really love the traditional Latin mass and things that go along with it. Now, I think that we have to see how the church supports the charisms and how important they are. And we have saints that talk about them, including one of the most, the best, the most, the tops of all theologians, St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas wrote in the Summa Theologica the following regarding the charismatic gifts. Spiritual refreshment consists of two things, the gifts of God and his sweetness. With reference to the first, scripture says, 
They shall be drunk with the abundance of your house. Psalm 36, 9. The house is the church. 1 Timothy 3.15 They shall be drunk, insofar as desires are fulfilled beyond all measure of merit, for drunkenness is a kind of excess. People who are drunk are not inside but outside themselves. Thus, those filled with the spiritual gifts have all their attention on God, and they are refreshed not only by these gifts, but also by the love of God. And you shall make them drink of the torrent of your pleasure. This is the love of the Holy Spirit that causes a force in the soul like a torrent. And it is a torrent of pleasure because it causes pleasure and sweetness in the soul. So when I think about St. Thomas, who will say was a scholar and very heady in his teachings, he also went to the heart of it. He also expressed that Jesus showed us how to live out with the gifts of the Holy Spirit of healing, about casting out demons, about prophecy, and that we should follow what Jesus did. And so with the charisms, we're able to follow Jesus. Now when it talks about the drunkenness, the, when the Holy Spirit is upon someone for a period of time, anointing, they are experiencing God's love. Well, there's different ways people can react to God's love. Sometimes God convicts the heart and a person may cry. Sometimes God knows a person needs to experience joy and so they laugh. Some people may experience um, other movements where they're overcome by God's love. And if something is from God, how can we condemn it? Just as the Mass is from God and the sacrifice of the Lamb is from God, how can we not love it? How can we not love the Latin Mass when it's part of our church heritage? Now, when thinking about traditional Catholics, we'll just call it that as a label, and charismatic gifts, as another label. What if the Catholic Church was a bookstore? Now, if you choose to be traditional, you would only be, imagine they said, well, you can only purchase books or read books from this section of the bookstore and nothing else. And if you are a charismatic, you can only read books about this about the church. And if you think you are a Marian and you can only read books about Mariology. If you are only someone who if you are someone who loves divine mercy, then you can only read books about divine mercy. If that's how our church operated, we would find a find a very divided church. And I think we see that already where there's so many division lines within the church. Now, there are some definite problems within the church, and Jesus said that was going to happen because the devil would be attacking our church from the beginning. But we don't have to play into the divisiveness within the church to make it worse. And so I think there can be a great appreciation 
for the charismatic and the charisms as well as the traditional say Latin Mass um, if people actually learned about it actually experienced it um, with an open heart knowing that both come from the traditions of the church that we love the Catholic Church and a lot of people who are against charismatic gifts is because sometimes they associate it with uh, some type of denomination of Christian faith. And so there comes confusion. The, say, a Pentecostal or Evangelical, well, they didn't institute the charisms of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit instituted them. Jesus sent, right? Our Lord sent, God sent the Holy Spirit with all these gifts for us because he wanted us to do what he did and even more. And that's scriptural. So if we, as the church, push off that that belongs, this charisms of the Holy Spirit, charismatic gifts, are Pentecostal, well, then we're ignoring the fact of our church teachings and traditions prior to the Pentecostal movement. If we go back to the early church, we see that wasn't the case. And I think that, like I said before, if there was better understanding of both sides of our church and when we see how there can be division, then... I think we'll have more peace and unity within our church and, and, and appreciation. And so I challenge whatever side of the fence you're on or feel like you're on to openly with a heart of, of joy experience maybe a charismatic prayer group that's Catholic. Or if you're into the charismatic, graces, why not go to a Latin Mass? I think that they both go hand in hand, and I find I found that in my own personal spirituality. I first became introduced to the charisms of the charismatic renewal through my parents. They were longtime Catholics who uh, followed the Holy Spirit and had the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they would express through tongues through uh, wisdom, uh, through preaching, through uh, prophecy, and, um, and praying for healing. Now, later on, I was introduced to the traditional Mass, the Latin Mass, and I was interested. And I first went in curiosity, and I went one time, and I thought, it was beautiful, but I didn't know what was going on. And it took me a long time to go back to a Latin Mass. I felt a calling, a prompting to go to the Latin Mass. And this was a couple years after my first time I went. And um, I decided to prepare myself and learn about the Mass and watched some videos and uh, got a missile for the Latin Mass and saw that 
you can get um, a missile that has the English and the Latin, so you have the translation and experience the beauty of the dead language, the Latin, but then be able to have it translated for you so you know what's being said. And so with that, I learned a lot and I saw how beautifully my spiritual spirituality of, of being charismatic, loving Mary, loving Divine Mercy, and now this newfound treasure, for me it was new, the Latin Mass. And so I would go to the Latin Mass and see the beauty of the tapestry, the beauty of the altar, the candles, the incense, the reverence, the veiling of the women, reminding us that we are the bride of the church, people dressing themselves very nicely for Mass. There's no short dresses. There's no shorts for men. Um, and so people are there looking their best. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I've gone to a Mass, if it's not Latin, you see people wearing all kinds of clothing that doesn't represent respect for where they're going. And we're entering into heaven. And the show, Thy Kingdom Come, is about heaven coming down. And it's about meeting us where we are on earth. And how Thy Kingdom Come, His will be done. And that I find the Latin Mass to express many charisms and how powerful it is to unite the two spiritualities, let's call it, and bring them into beautiful union and appreciation and love. And so now when I go to my bookstore, my Catholic bookstore, I'm taking books from about Mary, I'm taking books from the saints, I'm taking books from the Church of the Fathers, I'm taking books the Bible, I'm taking books um, about uh, different saints, I'm taking books from uh, different spirituality, Ignatian spirituality. Um, we also have many, we have uh, many different orders, Dominican spirituality, Benedictine, and how rich is our Catholic faith? We do have it all. We have it all and we, we should do our best to learn as much as we can. But it's so important that as we are learning, we ask the Lord to have it speak to our heart about how we can implement these graces within the church. And that includes the graces of, of the Holy Spirit, which is key in, in our church for evangelization and for sanctification of ourselves and bring us closer to God. So I invite you, I challenge you, wherever you are in your spiritual growth, check out a Latin Mass and check out a Charismatic Prayer Group. And even if that means watching it on YouTube to kind of learn about it first. And I would recommend um, some different writers on Charismatic because to learn one would be Dr. Mary Healy, another is Dr. Matthias Thelen, and um, also Damien Stain. They have written a lot about the different charismatic gifts and how it helps build up the kingdom of God, how the gifts of the Holy Spirit 
help us to bring heaven down to earth thy kingdom come and how you can be a conduit of God's love through the charisms of the Holy Spirit but also through the love of the traditions of our church and so I invite you to seek out what God is calling you to do to bring heaven down to earth in this world. Now I'd like to address something um, that is maybe where people have gotten upset in the church. And that is there are people who believe when you seek the gifts from God, from the Holy Spirit, the charismatic gifts, they say you open yourself up to demonic and it's really important when we look in the scriptures when when it talks about you ask when a child asks his father for an egg does he hand him a snake now if you're asking God for his gifts do you think he would give you a snake or do you think he would give you an egg? And this is related to the scriptures. God loves us. And if we are yearning to get close to him, to serve him, to glorify him, to ask for the gifts of prophecy, of healing, to help evangelize, to bring God's kingdom here on earth, then I don't think you're opening yourself up to the demonic. I think there are situations where people could open themselves to the demonic if they already have spiritual and psychological problems. And I'm not a doctor and I'm not a theologian, but I do believe if a person's heart is in the right place and you're going to God for His power, for His love, that's what he's going to give you. To the degree that you yearn and want more of him is to the degree that he gives you in his way. And so that's one thing I wanted to speak about today is I, I hear that there's a lot of people upset on both ends. And again, just think about if you asked your father who loves you for something, do you think he would punish you? Do you think our Lord would hurt you by giving you demonic possession because you're asking for gifts from him? And when we think that way, it is a good answer to those who may criticize your interest and your longing to receive the charismatic gifts from him and to not worry anymore about opening yourself up to the demonic. I do suggest if you do feel you are exposed in some way, maybe through uh, ancestral sin or you know you have been cursed by someone or you feel or you feel a lot of depression and um, you find yourself angry or bitter and you 
ex and you've been exposed to the occult, things like that in your life, the first thing I suggest is go to reconciliation. In fact, everyone go to reconciliation. If you can, once a month is prescribed usually. Go once a month and maybe even more than that if you feel like you're really battling a spiritual problem in your life. The other thing I suggest if you are having difficulty in a consistent way and feel you need deliverance prayer, I suggest you go to your pastor, tell them you are interested in connecting with the deliverance ministry of the diocese and they can help you. Because that is a reality. Sometimes, even as teenagers, we have done things we didn't know were bad. Tarot cards, uh, Ouija boards, um, reading horoscopes, different forms of martial arts and yoga. Those things focus on energy and they're folk looking for information. But those venues are not Christian. Those venues are coming from another area. And if it's not from God, then you know it's from the evil one. And so you may not realize it, but things that you've done in your past have effects on your life. And so if you haven't dealt with it already and are experiencing manifestations that you think are not from God, then definitely go to reconciliation and talk to your pastor about what you should do. Um, I'm not the expert, but uh, that's what they suggest in the diocese. And I do hope that you've learned some new things and have expressed uh, some interest in you know, visiting the other side of the church <laughs> um, and join me somewhere in the middle. God bless you, and I ask the Lord to fill us all with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that they may be used through us. God uses us to glorify Him, to bring all of His children home to His kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and talk to you next week. This is Katie Hughes of Thy Kingdom Come with Spirit-Filled Radio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God bless you. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.